Hi, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. So our last few episodes have really been centered on coronavirus, quarantine, and the way that our world has changed and what the ADHD impact is there. Now, we're not going to stop talking about that stuff because that's the work that we're doing with our clients right now. But we are going to start moving back toward more general topics. And the first one is something that hilariously, Cam, I can't believe we haven't already done on our podcast about ADHD. It's distraction. How have we not done an episode on distraction? We said this earlier, we were, we've been distracted from doing distraction. Ah, yes. Distracted from doing distraction. Yeah. <laughs> and on the first take of this, I got distracted talking about distraction. So this yeah, is so our this second is take two. Take two. <laughs> we're okay. Take one was too distracted. It was too distracted. <laughs> All right. So before I take two, I'm going to set us up with a client scenario. And then Cam has a model that we can use to sort of look at what this client has done in order to better manage distraction. So this client, like most of us right now, is working from home and she is a designer. So a big source of distraction for her in her home is all of the many creative projects that she could tackle. She's like you, Cam. She's got that big idea generator on board. And she loves creative pursuits. But that idea generator was becoming a big source of distraction for her and pulling her away from her ability to do her work at home. And on top of that, when she was following those ideas, they weren't necessarily things that were for now or were relevant. And so I found it interesting, first of all, that she was able to notice this. All of us being stuck at home sort of makes our world smaller. And there's also this novelty to it. These creative ideas as relates to her home were not so distracting that they were problematic when she wasn't working at home. Right, so she's she at home and she's seen more things to be creative about. Right. And so it's something she didn't notice before, even though it was there. But now it's like in Technicolor. I see it. I need to do something about this. And so here is what she and I came up with in this session. She said, I am going to get a jar and I am going to stop when I have one of these ideas and write it down on a slip of paper and stick it in the jar. And then when I have the time or when it is the right time for me to be working on home things and creative things, I can go to the jar and choose something out. Now, this is important for a couple of reasons. The first is the act of writing it down got it out of her head. So it eliminated that immediate distraction, that pull to start the project right now. She wrote it down, so it felt somewhat resolved. Number two, when she goes back to the jar, she's now at choice. So rather than having the idea and just boom, acting on it, now 
she puts a little space between herself and that idea. And when she has decided that it is now the time to choose a creative pursuit, she can go to the jar and be a choice. Rather than the ideas choosing her, she's now choosing which ideas are timely and relevant and for now. And Camp, this example fits really beautifully into a model that I know that you use frequently with your clients. So I'm going to hand it over to you and let you tell us about that. And I'm listening to you tell this story again, because this is our second take. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I know this client. (laughs) Uh, There's so much rich stuff here that I just uh, am enjoying listening to. And yeah, it's uh, the model is it's an oldie, but a goodie and uh, an old, an oldie, but a good one. And it really, you know, back to my story about not completing Shelly, when I had to t- tell my wife, uh, uh, well, there's no money in the bank because I'm having a hard time completing things. But this model really came out of that. And it's called the six C's of completion. And what I'm really impressed with is that your client uh, really was utilizing elements of the six C's without really even knowing about it. And so I'm just going to lay this out for listeners so you have a sense of what the six C's of completion are. So I, it, even though it's the six C's of completion, the kind of the, the linchpin or the keystone one kind of at 12 o'clock would be commitment. So if you have a piece of paper, just put commitment right at 12. On the front side of commitment, we put two things that are often not available to us, especially when if you've got that big idea generator going and you feel compelled to jump right into doing, there's not a lot of curiosity. There's not a lot of choice. There's impulsivity and there's that the strong desire to pounce on that, I want to call it like an origami butterfly. Because you said, you used the operative word, following. That that big idea pops and then we follow them. Like a butterfly. With our butterfly now, we're going to follow them. And it takes us away from what we're wanting to do. It takes us away from the commitment we've already committed to. And so often people talk about distraction and how do I manage distraction? Part of that is really getting a sense of what are you committed to, to completing, okay? So on the front side of that commitment is curiosity and choice. And your client had it. She had curiosity about this big idea generator, listening to our podcast. And she applied our own model there of understand, own, and translate right there of recognizing curiosity creates an opportunity for awareness and understanding. So that curiosity about this big idea generator in operation, you know, punching out these ideas. And for me, it was a matter of not being able to keep up with that production. On the other side of commitment, as I lay out this model, so again, around nine and 10 o'clock is curiosity and choice. At one, two, and three are creativity, completion, and celebration. Okay, so we sort of lay it out, curiosity, choice, commitment, then creativity, 
completion, and celebration. So they're the six C's, and we're going to kind of hit those and, and talk about the relevance of each of those. But what I want to do is I want to go back to your client. And again, you use the word, she was a choice. When, she, when you put that mechanism or that pause mechanism of that jar to capture her little origami butterflies of ideas, put them in there. You said something so important, getting that idea out of our brain. When it's in our brain and that, that pop occurs, there's a dopamine release that's so powerful. It's like we can't do anything but do that thing, follow that idea. Are there fellow idea followers out there, right? You just feel compelled, drawn to follow that idea. And again, so what are we doing? We're chasing these origami butterflies all day and we're not getting back to what we committed to. Oh, did you, did you just say you didn't commit to something maybe? Well, maybe the six C's is then a good model to look at. And that's another area of, of like managing distraction is to look at commitment. And so we're going to go there in just a second. Okay, so your client, choice, curiosity on the front side, and then really committing to whether she's going to follow up with this or not. But I'm guessing that she's got a sense of what she's trying to do. Going back to she's got, she's got plenty of work to do. It's not in this strength area of design and not something she has to do today, right? She's got things to do. Yeah. So we as coaches often will identify what's the intention and then what is a completion to make happen there, to put time and attention and energy into that task and get to a completion point. Yeah. And here's the thing is most of these ideas are things that would be nice to have done. So it's not that they're not relevant. It's that they need to find their proper place in the framework of what else has her attention and what else has her attention. This client is a freelancer is her current projects that are now work from home, which is a challenge for her. And also the direction of her career. She really sees this quarantine time as an opportunity to gain some big clarity about where is my career as a freelancer heading? Mm. What does me LLC, and that's actually what she's begun to call it is her name LLC. I love that. What does me LLC look like and how is that distinct from me the person? So in the context of those other things, these things are not as important. Does it mean that we can't make space for them? Part of our conversation was around the fact that she enjoys this type of thing. So it can be constructive for her. I've talked about productive versus constructive before. So it may not be productive, but it is constructive for her. But it needs to find its right place and right amount of, of balance. And it needs to be from that place of choice. Yeah, I really like what you're saying there about, again, the, the creative work around me, LLC, is probably incorporating her big idea generator. Yes. Right. So it's kind of like giving that big idea generator a nozzle, kind of spray it in a certain direction at 
who she wants to become and identifying her work as a freelancer going forward. So that's really cool. I can't help. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the six C's and look at each of these with respect to kind of how we manage distraction, but I've got to go back to our model of understand, own, and translate and how successful she's doing that. And it's starting with her doing some really important work above the lunch counter. So our model of cause and effect with the lunch counter in between. And listeners, if you're curious about that, you can get more than you bargained for in episode 10 and 11, where we lay out this really rich metaphor of this model of cause and effect. And so identifying with that big idea generator, that's at cause. That is at causation. That is up there and and where we often will experience it is in the manifestation, right? Of chasing those butterflies, chasing those ideas. But she's up there looking at this mechanism, looking at this machine and noticing, okay, this is prolific. And really the work that you did with her to put that jar next to the machine, like put it in there. And then it's just a little holding spot. I used to do the same thing where I was like, I would put it there and let it sit for 24 hours. And after 24 hours, I'd come back and, you know, that initial energy was diminished. So I could really look at it objectively. Is this something I want to commit to? Is this something that I have time, attention, and energy to put toward? And so going up there, I think there's likely some other mechanisms at work up high at causation. I'm thinking, Again, that intense attention or, or rather interest-based attention system, right? William Dodson, there's that up on the higher slopes. If we are wired for stimulation, and so we can sort of like, again, that's the, uh, that shiny object that gets our attention. And then, of course, the inhibition piece, the inability to inhibit. And so it's that kind of one-two step that comes together. Idea, go. Idea, follow, capture, and do. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the day, we're like, wow, where'd all my time go? And so it's that, there's that idea, that awareness of like, wait a sec, I don't have to act on that idea right now. And this is, I think, a place where people will, they don't see it as a distraction. It's not like we wake up. I've said this before. It's not like we wake up and say, I'm going to distract my way all the way through the day. It's not our intention. But that intensity of that idea, we will pounce and go. And it feels good until we get to that point of uh, kind of, again, sort of like the, the distraction hangover, right? Like, oh, my God, I can't believe I <laughs> the regret that, that comes with that. Yeah, Cam. Well said, and that really highlights the importance of understanding our own experience because to say that distraction was the cause of my client's challenges here is really an oversimplification. And if that's all we knew, we would not have gotten to the solution that we got to. So while a jar is not a complicated solution, it was her understanding of what 
is really at cause here for me. What do I know about myself and my experience that led to that and that made that a solution that works because it was from an informed place? So that is the difference between this sort of level one understanding of symptoms and understanding how symptoms together manifest for you. And for you, Cam, and for this client, one of the ways those manifest is this prolific idea generator. So Cam, why don't we break down the six C's for our listeners now with our remaining time? What do you think? I think that's a great idea, Shelley. Okay, so we had commitment at the top, and I'm going to start with commitment because that can be, you know, recall that we did the DAM model of distract, avoid uh, missing behaviors, distracting and avoiding to get to the missing. So we can do this thing I call the, the commitment dance, where we will basically commit to something and then uncommit. And we will just kind of, again, it's this sort of very rapid decision-making of, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in. Nah, I don't think so, not today. And it's this back and forth that is very stimulating. It can actually create anxiety, it can create dopamine. It's activity, but it's not useful activity because it's this repetitious back and forth. I'm in, I'm out. I'm in, I'm out. He loves me. He loves me not. He loves me. He loves me not. She loves me. I, she loves me not just to be, you know, not gender biased there. So commitment at the top and that commitment dance and listeners, you just sort of reflect on that. Is this something that you tend to do is to commit, get into something and like bail, right? I'm out. And and part of that's kind of covering for that glitchy executive function of being able to start and sustain effort. Start and sustain effort is, again, up higher on the slopes of Mount Rainier at causation. Okay, so there's commitment, number one. If we can identify a completion, I, this is so interesting. When I, way, way back when I started to get this concept of completion, I took it to one of my mentors. And they're, they're a coach and they're still in the game. And I remember they were like, you know, I, I, like, I like all these different pieces, but that completion piece, it doesn't really work for me. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh my God, one of my mentors is like just shooting this down. And I went with, you know what? I can't, I just, I've got to go with this because it's so strong. And it's, it's not like, I think that, you know, he has ADD and he's thinking completion, not exciting right? That doesn't really excite me to complete. Complete is like, it's like ending. It's like the, it's like the show ending. Who wants that? Well, it's like the show ending, but it's really about kind of moving that task forward to uh, a relevant, um, it's making progress, right? It's not about finishing. It's just taking something and engaging to a specific completion point. And so I invite you to be curious about what can a completion be? It can be the task, but it also, again, in, in this weird times that we have, 
where we don't have a lot of time structure and appointments, it's like Pomodoro, 25 minute completion period to work to a completion point. Yeah, Cam, uh, I'll have more to say on this when we get to the end of the season. and I don't want to jump ahead. <laughs> okay. I don't want to jump ahead to celebration, but okay. I do want to say that recognizing that completion doesn't necessarily have to mean the whole enchilada. Exactly. There are smaller completions leading up to that bigger thing that you are trying to do. Right. And we are really bad at recognizing those because we're so in the right now or even a few steps ahead that we're already moving on when we've reached right. that completion. So being able to recognize those smaller completions does two things. The first is it helps us break things down. And the second is when we learn to celebrate those, again, not to jump ahead. No, go um, ahead. Celebration's good. It's fine. We, we can work backwards. You know, then we learn how to sustain motivation and interest over time. So bringing in celebration is not about throwing yourself a party. It's about acknowledging the completion. Because what we tend to do is complete. And then because we feel so harried or hurried, we will just go on to the next thing. And then we feel like, you know, someone on an assembly line that's behind. I'm behind, I'm behind, I'm behind. And then we don't have a sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, which again, us taking that moment to acknowledge what you just did, it does two things. It provides a placeholder or a bookmark for it. Very helpful in, in your system. Number two, it releases serotonin. Serotonin is this reward neurotransmitter along with dopamine, that sense of accomplishment. And that's another thing that you might, well, I don't, I'm not deserving. You know, I'm so far behind and I'm not worthy of celebration. Uh, we're all worthy of celebration. And you're worthy of taking this and like, yes, it may have not been the way I wanted it to be, the way that I engaged, but I did get this, I did move this forward. Football, there's an analogy of if you look at successful teams, it's not about scoring touchdowns, it's about getting first downs, right? And you can think of a completion, it's like that. Get and then getting the first down is a matter of those completions to get that and very incremental. But the way that you build a house is brick by brick. And what we will do is often we'll make bricks, right? We are engaging but we're not taking those bricks and actually assembling them into something bigger. When you talk about your client and me LLC, it's like these little ideas and then fabricating it into something bigger, useful. So little completions are like little bricks that we build together into something bigger. And that's when we can really access the creativity in us around like big ideas. Okay, so celebration and completion, we've covered that. Creativity, the reason why creativity is on, um, uh, on the, the right side, or right, it's, it's <laughs> I'm just thinking about this, the right side of commitment is that commitment's about moving from thinking and ideation into action. As you do commitment, we get into action. And so often that creativity lives on the ideation side. And that's okay, but guess what? We can be extremely creative 
in procrastination. So like how I fantasized and idealized and researched about starting a podcast since 2016 and didn't get one actually off the ground until 2019, something like that. I would say that's persistence. <laughs> <laughs> it's just you couldn't let that go. It's just a good idea. Oh, you just hadn't found the right person to do it with. Then you were right in front of my face the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. So this, again, and your, your client who's the designer and that big idea generator, a prolific idea generator, there's, like, there's all that creativity. And we will often have like, again, it's what I used to do is my imagination was so vivid. It was like I'd go through the day and I didn't have to really engage with reality because my imagination was so vivid. It was like, a, oh, there's a full day. <laughs> like, no, seriously, full day, satisfied. And it was flights of fancy. I mean, just dream world, that dream sequence and that Beatles song. Okay. Just all through the day. And I was satisfied. Right. But again, what was I actually doing? And I think that 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 proverb of uh, let me I got, I'm going to do this. It just takes me a moment. Vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. Make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's two ways that ADHD can manifest is the. Well the hard charger without a plan, without vision, and they're all in action. And then there's the one with vision who was like more my inattentive type. It's like I was sort of, again, in my procrastination state, I would dream <laughs> magical landscapes and what if, but never be able to put it into action. And so this is what the six C's does is it gets us, takes that thinking, like, let's get into with with choice and curiosity, commit to the activity, have the creativity be in the production side more. So we've got creativity going on in our production of this podcast. Do the completion, get to a completion point, and then celebrate. And when you start to practice this, it's a really fascinating thing starts to happen that when you turn your attention toward commitment and completion and limit that creativity on the front side, then the distractions will dissipate and drop into the background more. This is kind of like prioritization. How to prioritize and keep these things interesting. As you get to completion and celebration, there's that neurochemistry of the dopamine happening there at three o'clock celebration and completion, dopamine and serotonin. And then it just is much more compelling than the dopamine on the front end of the, the pop and the idea generation without any kind of follow-up. Well said, Cam. I love this model. I can't believe I didn't already know about it. I'm such a fan of all of your models. So I'm sure you already know this, but I will be adding this one to my toolbox. And in fact, since our first failed recording of this episode, I have already been using it with a couple of my clients. Oh, cool. So how are you? And how are, briefly, how are you using it? So 
That's a great question. And this week, it's really been around celebration, completion and celebration, because I've had, I have a couple of clients who have really big stuff going on that requires a lot of really little steps. And so talking about completion in terms of it doesn't have to be the end point. It is the next step in your journey toward the end point. And then adding celebration onto that uh, was helpful for a couple of my clients, including the one that I've talked about before, who's looking for a job in this time where he's pretty much expecting not to hear back from companies right now, but he doesn't want to do nothing. So talking about what's the incentive was the topic he brought. What's the incentive? And breaking it down into smaller completions. Well, those small completions followed by a little celebration became the incentive. That's great. And I know that when we spoke about this in in, uh, take one, you really gravitated toward the celebration part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's pieces here. Again, you don't have to try to like uh, enact all six. Right. It's like go where um, your where your attention is drawn, whether it's that commitment dance, whether it's too much creativity in, you know, on the front side of idea generation and try it out. Try this out. I think that there's so much evidence about gratitude practices of at the end of the day to or, or just, again, a part of your daily ritual of. You know, what are you grateful for? That is that element of celebration. And it exercises that part of the brain that we don't exercise enough, which is reflection. To reflect on what has happened, where I am, and how have things shifted? Because they have. The fascinating thing, I know we're going to wrap up. The fascinating thing is we get in our mind, like, okay, this is how my day is going to go. And we kind of lock in to that. And anything that, that, changes from that is like some kind of a disappointment or failure allowing for you know we we get a sense of where we want to try to get to but again allowing some creativity on the path and journey that you have through the day as you accrue these completions and don't forget to pause and do that momentary celebration it can be a matter of seconds and what i do with it is really it's it's really identifying, okay, where are we now? Because we all know that we can struggle with tracking um, follow-up, that, that backside of completion. Well said, Cam. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap for today. So if you like what we're doing here on the podcast, you can help us out by leaving a rating or review wherever you listen. If you have feedback to share, or you just want to tell Cam to stop making funny faces while I'm doing I, these closing monologues. I'm so excited. We got, we put so one in the bag. We got a completion, Shelly. I can't help it. I just am so excited. I was like, oh my God, can we do this? Can I, can Cam get through this without distraction? I did. I'm just, I'm celebrating. I'm All sorry. Right. All gotta right. celebrate. <laughs> you keep on celebrating. Right. Gonna go in the background so. here. So if you want to get in touch with us to share feedback or give Cam a hard time, which I highly encourage, you can hit us up on the website, translatingadhd.com or on Twitter at translatingadhd. And until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.